Hello and welcome to the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast. This is a podcast to help you find peace with food and overcome disordered eating. And I'm Harriet Frew, aka the Eating Disorder Therapist. And I'm so excited to share with you all kinds of stories, tips, information and guest interviews to help you on your journey in finding peace with food. So thank you so much for listening today. Now today is another bite-sized episode and I'm going to be talking about rumination syndrome, also called rumination disorder. And um, this has been stimulated by a query from one of you lovely listeners who actually suffers with this. And I'm going to be sharing a bit of personal experience from this listener partway through the podcast just to tell you a bit more about what it's really like to live with this. So what is rumination disorder or rumination syndrome? So apparently it is quite a rare behavioral problem. It affects children and some adults and it's an illness that involves repetitive habitual bringing up of food that might be partly digested. Now if the person has this problem they usually eat their meals normally but then after an hour or two, undigested food comes back up into the mouth from the esophagus. So the person will then either re-chew and re-swallow the food or spit it out. And usually this happens at every meal day after day. And the rumination is a reflex. It's not a conscious action. So I guess this is where it's different from in something like bulimia where food is brought up again and it's purged through a sort of active self-induced vomiting. So when the food is ruminated, it occurs effortlessly and painlessly and it's not associated with nausea or disgust, I guess, again, as what as we would associate more with like vomiting. And apparently rumination disorder can affect anyone at any age. Now rumination disorder can also result in vomiting However, it's very different from the kind of sickness you might get if you have a stomach bug, so the person won't be feeling sick or experience involuntary retching. Um, But people with rumination disorder often do not feel very in control of their disorder. So it can be quite unpleasant because of this regurgitated food just kind of comes back up into your mouth. And I guess not very easy if you are out and about and socializing and living your life. So what causes rumination syndrome, rumination disorder? So experts think that it's unconscious and they believe that the voluntary muscle relaxation of the diaphragm becomes a learned habit. So apparently, it's quite interesting here, it's similar to the typical belching reflex, but rather than burping up gas, the reflex causes actual food to come back up. Now, what's really interesting in relation to eating disorders is that rumination syndrome, rumination disorder, it can be a completely separate condition from an eating disorder. But as you can fully understand, I'm sure, it can quickly become quite linked in and wrapped up in an eating disorder, particularly perhaps if the sufferer starts to use the syndrome as a method of purging food and maybe kind of like really being more conscious and activating that more involuntary response so I don't know you know I don't live with it but you know just kind of like being very sort of tuned in and almost kind of encouraging that in some way so the number of people who have rumination disorder is unknown 
and it can lead to malnutrition, weight loss, dental erosions, electrolyte disturbances if left untreated. So, and from the research I've done, apparently it is very important to contact your doctor as soon as possible if you are worried or let someone know. So I would say that if you are struggling, you know, it is very helpful to speak out about this and to realize that you are not alone and it is something that can be treated and you can get support for. So let's do a bit of sharing um, from my lovely listener. So my listener initially experienced rumination syndrome separately from an eating disorder, but over time, the two became quite tied together. And the rumination syndrome became a sort of purging mechanism of food. And my listener would sort of contract her esophagus stomach to bring food back up and then sort of eliminate or get rid of the food. So particularly, she would use it in this way when she was struggling with anorexia and bulimia. Now, in later years, um, my listener's eating disorder has morphed more into emotional eating. And what's really interesting is that she didn't actually realize that not everyone has this rumination syndrome. You know, I guess if you kind of grow up with it, if you've had it from a very young age, you just see it as part of normal life. You're used to having kind of food regurgitated in your mouth and that just seems like a very normal thing. So she's had the realization in more recent years, actually, of, you know, this is not something everyone struggles with. So what is really interesting as well is that if you suffer from rumination syndrome and then you start to develop an eating disorder, you can start to really use the food as a kind of coping, soothing, also getting rid of the food as a purging. Now, I really appreciate my listener's very honest sharing here because she says when the food is regurgitated, it's not digested. So actually it tastes okay. So what it means is that you're using food often to cope with your emotions and you're getting that food twice. So you're going to get the pleasure of eating twice. And my listener has confessed to sometimes feeling in the past that she was just eating on a continuous basis and then regurgitating the food and just feeling really, really addicted to food. But having food in the mouth, you know, and having it regurgitated, I guess it becomes very soothing, something that just feels very sort of safe and known. And, um, you know, I guess like any other kind of oral habit in a way, it's something that might be very hard hard to change and something that you kind of part of you likes, even though part of you really dislikes it. So my listener had talked about it in one session in therapy, but it's not something that had really been discussed in any detail. And to this day, she still experiences the regurgitation of the food every time she eats something. But these days she's capable of hiding it and dealing with it on some level but she's very aware that if she eats too much, it might happen a lot more. So just wanna say thank you to the listener for sharing that because I think um, it's something that is not really talked about and I'm sure there will be people listening to this that really identify and feel validated by hearing about um, this personal sharing, so thank you. So let's talk a bit more about possible signs of rumination disorder. So, Someone might be vomiting food that's been partially digested on a regular basis. They may have no obvious physical illness that causes this behavior. So in a way they're feeling physically fine, but the food is being regurgitated. 
re-chewing and swallowing food that they brought up, maybe hiding their behavior, for example, by coughing or covering their mouth, avoiding eating around others, avoiding eating before socializing, maybe weight loss, malnutrition, not making expected weight gains, straining and arching the back with the head held back, making sucking movements with their tongue. Very interesting. Appearance of finding the behavior satisfying, being hungry and irritable between instances of bringing up their food. So lots of different signs there. So I just want to mention to you my bite-sized eating disorder therapy membership, which is now live. So if you're a fan of this podcast, the Eating Disorder Therapist podcast, then this is a membership where you can access additional resources, information, content, audio, and video to support you on your healing journey. So if you enjoy the podcast, it will be very much along similar themes, okay? A lot of it will be personal content from me, really imparting my skills and tips and strategies from the therapy room and to really help you gain a psychological understanding about your eating disorder. So I'm gonna be providing lots of psychological insights, understanding skills and tips from the therapy room, really helping you to be empowered along your journey. Now, it's not a substitute for professional therapy. However, I really hope it will uplift, inspire, and educate you whilst you're on your healing journey. So if you're interested in finding out more, do go to the show notes and the link is there and it will take you through. Only five pounds a month and it is brilliant value to really get some great tools while you're maybe on a waiting list or if you're wanting to kind of refresh some therapy skills or just really up-level your recovery journey. So how can a rumination disorder be treated? So apparently there aren't any medicines available that effectively treat rumination syndrome. This is according to Google, but do correct me if I am wrong. The best way to stop it is to relearn how to eat and digest food properly and this apparently requires diaphragmatic breathing training and a behavioral psychologist can help you with some techniques to support you in learning to do this and apparently it's very easy to learn and the technique has to be used at the start of every meal to avoid regurgitation. And over time, most people can absolutely master the breathing technique and it will stop the negative symptoms of rumination syndrome. Now, apparently, like other eating disorders, rumination has strong links to anxiety since regurgitation is often a soothing action to sufferers. Therefore, it's really important to not only treat the behavior itself, but also to address the source of the anxiety in order to diminish the desire to utilize this behavior. So I guess like regurgitation of food, like many other eating disorder behaviors can become very soothing, can become very known, can feel very safe. You might really quite like it in some ways or you might dislike it as well. And maybe it's something that you rely on to calm yourself down when you're feeling anxious about things. So I guess in somewhere like therapy, that can be a safe place to really explore this, get a bit more to the root of the anxiety and help you to learn other anxiety sort of soothing techniques to help you feel more calm and peaceful, particularly around mealtimes. So apparently as well, it says during mealtimes, distractions should be removed as much as possible. 
And this will allow you to eat at a calm pace and prevent anxiety surrounding food. So the idea is to make eating a meal as relaxing and calming as possible. But apparently after a meal, distraction is the name of the game, especially if you know that you are very likely to be experiencing rumination. So the idea is to redirect your nervous system so your body cannot focus on regurgitation. So, and I guess distraction is a tool that's used in treatment of lots of different eating disorder behaviors. And I guess as well, it's just saying really like use healthy distractions, things like socializing, maybe going for a walk, playing a game, whatever helps you relax in a sort of calm and positive, uplifting way. Okay, so I'm definitely not at all an expert on this subject, but I hope it has given you a bit of an insight. And even if it helps a handful of people, I would be really, really happy with that because of, I'm sure it is something that many more people are struggling with than we realize. And I think, again, it's really important to reduce shame, be able to talk about these things much more openly. And so people feel they can reach out and get support and help if they need to. So if you want more information, the BEAT website, um, so that's the National Association for Eating Disorders in the UK, BEAT, B-E-A-T. If you put that into Google, the BEAT website has some information on rumination disorder. You can also probably contact BEAT on their helpline if you want to speak to someone there. If you know it's the first time perhaps that you've spoken about this and the first time that you're saying it out loud. And if you've got a supportive doctor, you might also want to go and have a chat with your doctor about it. But I think the really important thing is to realize that you're not alone. Don't suffer in silence. Do reach out and get help. This is something that you can get treatment for. And um, yeah, hopefully that could massively improve your quality of life. And if you have some ambivalence about letting go of this, you know, you might well do, particularly if it's tied in with an eating disorder and control of weight and shape, then it's probably really important that if you're going for your eating disorder or treatment that you can talk about this as well because I think, I know in recent years in eating disorder services, we used to focus very specifically on certain eating disorder behaviors and more and more things are coming out of the woodwork really helpfully, things like kind of chewing and spitting um, and other behaviors. And I think it's just so important that we can talk about the whole range of different things that people struggle with to reduce shame and allow more and more people to access the support they rightly deserve. Okay, so hope you have found this helpful. Hope to see some of you signing up in my Bite Size Therapy membership. Link is in the show notes. And thank you so much for listening today. If you're not following me on Instagram, do seek me out at the eating disorder therapist underscore and for further support with your relationship with food, do go to the eatingdisordertherapist.co.uk. And if you enjoy this podcast, I would be so grateful if you would follow, rate and review as it helps it reach so many more listeners. I just want to say a big shout out to everyone that has left me a review. I really, really appreciate it so much. Um, I read every review and I love hearing your feedback and it's so heartwarming to me to know that this podcast is reaching so many people all over the world. So thanks again and I look forward to bringing another podcast episode to you very soon.